Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Corora Resources Second Quarter 2021 Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in a listen-only mode, and following the presentation, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. And as a reminder, this call is being recorded today, Monday, August the 9th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Paul Hewitt, Chairman and CEO of Corora Resources. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and welcome to the Corora Resources second quarter conference call. It was certainly an exciting quarter for us with several new records on ounces produced, gold ounces sold, revenue, and our cash position. Despite having the greatest quarter since acquiring Higginsville, one of the most exciting things we did in Q2 was deliver on our promise by announcing our multi-year growth plan. Here with me this evening in Perth is Graham Sloan, Managing Director of our Australian Operations. Other members of Corora Executive Team joining us on the call is Oliver Turner, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development in Toronto. This morning, we issued a news release outlining our results for the second quarter. Our MDNA and financial statements for the period ended June 30th, 2021 have been filed, all of which are available on Carora's website and under Carora's profile on CDAR. I'll just bring your attention to slide three and four. Before I begin the presentation, I'd like to remind you to please review our cautionary statements regarding forward-looking information and non-IFRS measures, which can be found in our MDNA news release and our presentation slides. Over to slide five on our slide deck. I'm pleased to report Q2 has been another excellent performance for the company with record gold production as planned with an all-in sustaining cost that continues to trend towards the $900 per ounce. Alongside this production record, we have enjoyed some strong exploration results, both from Higginsville and Beta Hunt, while maintaining a very high presence on safety at all of our operations. And for that, I really wanna personally take a moment and thank our GMs, both Don and Philip and so many other members of our team that continue to deliver despite the challenges we have. This is our eighth consecutive quarter where we have delivered at or above our guidance with a production of 29,831,000 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $996 per ounce sold. This certainly positions us well on target for our full year production and cost guidance, our production was 105 to 115,000 ounce range at an all-in sustaining cost of 985 to 1,085 per ounce. 
It is this strong history of performance, our people, and a strong balance sheet that forms the basis for the next and most exciting chapter for Corora in front of ourselves. The multi-year organic growth plan that we announced June 28th will put us on a path to increase production between 185 to 205,000 ounces by 2024 at an all-in sustaining cost range of $885 to $985 an ounce U.S. This will elevate Corora into a new tier of gold producers, which should be reflected in a higher share price and market cap should all things remain equal. On slide five, you can see our three-year production costs and capital guidance as we execute on the growth plan. Our entire strategy is about keeping it simple. We're gonna take something we've already done and repeat it. It's no more complicated than that. Two years ago, at Beta Hunt, we struggled to get 37,000 tons out from the main ramp. Today, we consistently deliver 80,000 tons per month from that ramp and the infrastructure. Putting in a second decline will double those tons to approximately 160,000 tons per month. We already have stopes and areas underground to mine. All we need is that second ramp. At this stage, Beta Hunt is the main component of our production expansion. However, it's important we were very encouraged and excited about how much this could change from the $80 million we intend to drill between now and 2024. That's a very important metric for us. We have tremendous upside and targets that could be very much expanded at Higginsville from our drilling campaign. And look, let's never forget the opportunities we have discovered from nickel potential. And Graham will speak more to the production um, later in the slide. Our growth plan includes a carefully phased spending program based around the Higginsville Mill construction and expansion and the second decline at Beta Hunt. As previously announced, our growth plan is fully funded from existing cash and from future cash flows. After two aggressive transformational years, we are now on the cusp of several exciting years of growth. We look forward to demonstrating our ability to deliver in the future, just as we have in the past. Over to slide six, I just wanted to take a moment to discuss several of the key important financial metrics. Our second quarter revenue is very strong, uh, approximately $70 million, that's up $10 million, or 17% higher than Q1. Our second quarter adjusted earnings were $14.3 million or 10 cents per share. That's again a 76% uh, improvement over the first quarter where the adjusted earnings in Q1 were $8.1 million or 6 cents per share. As I previously stated, our cash balance at the end of Q2 was the strongest ever, closing at $82.2 sorry, $82.2 million a record high and 7% up compared to Q1. So in closing, before I pass it over to Graham, 
I'd like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the performance of our operating team in executing a remarkable turnaround at Corora in two short years. This has put us on a very strong operational and financial position that has provided us the platform from which to launch our growth trajectory. Over to you, Graham. Thank you, Paul. If you would move to slide eight. As Paul has mentioned, a very strong quarter where we saw our key safety metrics continue to trend down. Our all-in sustaining costs doing the same and record quarterly gold production. We achieved this despite high levels of rainfall late in the quarter and a continued tightening of the labour market on the back of COVID. On a consolidated basis, mine production was just over 400,000 tonnes, an increase of 6% on the previous quarter. We processed 345,000 tonnes at an average grade of 2.7 grams per tonne, with mill recoveries remaining consistent at 94%, a direct result of optimising beta hunt and Higginsville feed into the plant. At Higginsville, we mined a total of 189,000 tonnes at 1.6 from Hidden Secret and Ballou Open Pits, and milled 124,000 at 2 grams, a 27% grade improvement compared to quarter one. Rehabilitation and dewatering activities continued at Two Boys Underground, Whilst at Aquarius, the box cut is mostly complete with ground support installed as part of the portal works. Decline development at Aquarius is expected to commence later this quarter with first production in quarter four. At Spargos, good progress has been made with a large part of the pre-strip operations now complete and the mining of lower grade material to commence later this month. Higher grades are expected as mining progresses in the first half of 2022. You move on to slide nine. Beta Hunt underground production contributed 64% or 221,000 tonnes of the total tonnes milled for the quarter, with just over 22,000 ounces of gold. The improved mine production at Beta Hunt is a direct result of the ongoing upgrade of the mining fleet and improved production techniques in the stoke. With respect to nickel, we recently added a dedicated nickel team to advance nickel exploration and to examine ways to expand nickel production. As you are aware, nickel is an important byproduct, especially in the reduction of our wool in sustaining cost. Nickel exploration is currently focused on the 30 and 50C nickel troughs. Slide 10. Building on Paul's comments on our organic growth plan, Beta Hunt is clearly the backbone of our expanded production. Slide 10 shows a schematic view of the second decline. When in full production mode is reached in 2024, each decline will have the haulage capacity of 1 million tonne per annum for a combined production rate of 2 million tonne. To process this level of production, plus the additional from Higginsville will require a significant expansion of the Higginsville mill to the two and a, two and a half million tonne per annum. Slide 11, the Higginsville phase one expansion will take mill throughput to 1.6 million tonne per annum. This work is mostly complete 
with the final adjustments to be made in quarter four. Phase two will see the plant expand to 2.5 million tonne, with final design and long leader orders scheduled to commence in early 2022. The 1.6 to 2.5 million tonne capital cost is expected to be around $50 million, however spread over 2022 and 23. The expansion program includes the addition of a new sag mill and extension of feed conveyors, repurposing a section of the crushing circuit as a pebble crusher, additional leach, field screen, leach feed screens, CIL tanks and a new thickener. Upgrades to the processed water plant, tails pipeline and other infrastructure. The existing ball mill, recently upgraded gravity circuit and elution columns to be utilised in the expanded plant. Plant design and the identification of the long lead items is progressing as planned. On slide 12, as previously mentioned, Kaora has numerous resource and exploration high value opportunities all at various stages of progress across Higginsville and Beta Hunt. To advance and unlock this value, we have allocated an annual budget of 20 to 25 million, commencing 2022 to 24. At Beta Hunt, we currently have three drill rigs operating, two underground and one surface, with the underground rigs aimed at extending the western flanks and A-zone resources and continuing the testing of Larkin. At Higginsville, for the majority of quarter two, we operate three full-time drill rigs. We currently have five and we'll be looking at to add additional rigs over the remaining second half. Most of this drilling is aimed at resource development in and around Higginsville Central. However, we will follow up on the Lake Cowan Air Corps project where we intersected the 1.4 gram over 50 metres in the Scout drill program. Laboratory turnaround times for samples remain a significant regional challenge with third-party laboratories all at full capacity. As a result, we have commissioned our own lab facilities to address quicker turnaround of mill samples and high-priority grade control samples with the remainder still sent to other labs. In conclusion, quarter two was our best operating quarter to date and we look forward to delivering many more as we bark on our new growth trajectory. I'll now turn over to Oliver Turner. Thanks, Graham, and good morning, everyone. With our growth plan announced to the market as outlined by Paul and Graham, we've set the stage for Core to grow organically towards the next tier of gold producers. And our growth plan to 200,000 ounces per year, this puts us into very strong company, as outlined on slide 14, where the 200,000 ounce per year peer group trades at an average market cap of over $1.2 billion. In our extensive marketing with institutional investors over the last quarter, the two areas which are continuously flagged as differentiators are our ability to self-fund this growth and the low-risk jurisdiction in which it will be executed, Western Australia. These are two important differentiators of this plan that are not shared by all of our peer group. At our current market cap of approximately $510 million, and with this plan we have now laid out ahead of us, Cora is certainly com a compelling investment. Moving over to slide 15. During, this, during the quarter, we also announced a pioneering initiative to begin to address our greenhouse gas emissions via a partnership with the Net Zero Company. 
This partnership will enable us to be proactive in what is becoming an increasingly important component of the mining industry's ESG program, both with respect to investor interest and helping to tackle the impacts of climate change. We are proud to be one of the first junior gold mining companies to drive progress in this area. Over the second quarter, uh, overall the second quarter proved to be a challenging period for the entire gold sector with respect to equity performance. However, with our growth plan rolled out to the market and several other important announcements on a relative basis, ore has performed well compared to the broader junior gold producer group. Moving forward into what is seasonally a stronger period for the gold market as we enter the fall, we will continue to deliver on our strategy while providing material updates to the market over the remainder of the year. And with that, I'll turn the call back over to Paul. Thanks, Oliver. Look, um, there's no doubt we just had the best quarter in the company's history, approximately a 20% increase uh, from quarter to quarter. And, and we've been averaging right around that 25,000 ounce uh, quarter for the last seven quarters. So this step up was very significant for us, a 20% increase. Um, and we have many people to thank for that. I really want to send a special shout out to our entire team in Australia, overcoming all the challenges we've had to deal with, with COVID like others, the rain, everything. Um, it's impressive to be here on the ground and see the sacrifices and the willingness of our team. So um, to Graham and everyone, I'm, I'm extremely proud of, of what we're doing here. With so many companies in Western Australia reducing guidance, we've actually announced a multi-year plan that could double our guidance or double our production, sorry, not our guidance, by 2024. So very exciting times um, for us and our shareholders. I want to take a moment and thank our shareholders for their ongoing and continued support. Um, we certainly appreciate our shareholders. And I want to thank everyone for joining us on the call today. We know and realize how busy people are, and um, taking time to listen to our call is very much appreciated. Uh, on, on what was a very transformational 2020. We're certainly excited about what the rest of 2021 looks like. Um, and we'll turn it over for, call, for questions now. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and questions will be taken in the order they are received. Should you wish to withdraw your request, please press the star followed by the two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Your first question comes from Tom Gallo, Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Thanks, operator, and uh, thanks for taking my, my question today, folks. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the first quarter. 
I do have a question pertaining to some of the capital spending, but first, uh, something that was mentioned in the press release that caught my eye and a couple times on this call was the was the rain uh, in the uh, in the quarter. Um, could you provide a little bit more color and detail on on what was going on with the rain, and, and did any of that spill into uh, this current quarter? Hey Tom, thanks for the question. It's Paul here. I'm sitting right next to Graham here, so he's stomping at the pit to answer it. I'm going to let Graham go ahead, Graham. Yeah, Tom, thanks for the question. Uh, look, the the rain came pretty late in the quarter, um, so it was sort of more of a um, the the latter part that impacted the and impacts both the open pits and the the mill throughput and the mill throughput mainly because of the haulage from the different sites we bring into the the Higginsville ROM. So that uh, started to have a disruption late at court. Late at, we still ended up, as you see, with a record production. Um, we will That will flow into quarter three. Um, but again, being early in the quarter, we have the ability to sort of make that up. So I don't expect to see um, any material sort of disruption to production in quarter three from the rain. So, Tom, um, just from my perspective, it's my first July ever spending in Perth. I must have had 20 people walk up to me and say, this has never happened before, so we've done a bit of research. It sounds like July was the worst ever amount of rain in 26 years in this district. And as Graham said, it does impact the open pits that we have. But, we, again, we overcame it. Um, with tons were down, but we made our ounces and we we did as we planned. So there certainly was a lot of rain from an outsider for the first time here in July in what was supposed to be uh, next to the ocean. So mm -hmm. it was quite interesting from my perspective. Oh, that's great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for clarifying that. Um, as I as I mentioned, I, I did have a question on some of the capital spending in the quarter, specifically just breaking down. Um, between the sustaining and non-sustaining capex for Q2, maybe just a bit more detail on that, please. Yeah, go ahead, Graham. Graham, stop this one as well. Yeah, Tom. Look, just on the on, on the capex sort of things, we spent um, a, around about the 10 million in sustaining and non-sustaining, and then plus another um, around 12 to 14 million on on capital development, capital and operating development uh, at Vita Hunt and Higginsville. So um, all up, you know, we put in uh, the uh, the expiration, which was again around three and a half to four million. Um, we were up to close to 25 million for the quarter um, on on capital. If I sort of look at that, that would probably around um, uh, sort of the 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 40 percent sustaining and the remaining non-sustaining capex. So. Most of that capex was um, uh, in around the sustaining, was in, in around the, the work around the plant, upgrading the plant, uh, well, sort of maintaining the plant, and then the uh, around plant and equipment. And then on the sort of the non-sustaining, we had quite a bit of work on ventilation at Beta Hunt. Um, we also had some equipment come through, uh, a truck, a new truck, and two new loaders in the quarter. So. Um, that took it up to those that equipment was somewhere around the four million mark, and then we made a number of other uh, sort of around the mill expansion and that we started work on that and the TSF. So all of those numbers, uh, as I said, broken down into those sort of categories, Tom. Okay, and just um, just to clarify for me, I know it sometimes gets 
you know, confusing where, where some some pieces of capital go. But on the on the expansion, let's say from 1.4 to 1.6 million, are you guys classifying that in the growth category, or is that sustaining, or a little bit of both? No, the, we we most of that's in in the non-sustaining. Um, it's a long life plant upgrade, so it takes it to that. The that's in the phase one. The second phase, Tom. Um, which, as I mentioned earlier on, is somewhere in the $50 million mark, is will take it to that 2.5, also non-sustaining. There is some uh, plant and equipment um, uh, that uh, we have as normal maintenance on the plant, and as I said, that was quite small um, in this quarter, somewhere around you know the $2 million mark. But that was mainly for sort of... Um, some some work on maintenance work on the crushers and the gravity circuit and things like that. So um, the majority of the work on the plant will almost always go to non-sustaining. Very good. That's very helpful. Thank you very much. That's uh, that's it for me. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Your next question comes from Nicholas Dion, Cormark Securities. Please go ahead. Hey guys, congrats on another excellent quarter. I'm wondering if you've seen any improvement in labor market conditions in Australia, um, and also if you could comment on some of the lingering effects of COVID, for example, assay backlogs, and any inflationary pressures you're seeing. Um, you know, we've been hearing about some of those at, at your peers this quarter, so wondering if you're seeing the impact of that as well. Thanks. Hey Nicholas, thanks for that. Um, I'll. I'll go to your assay one first. Um, look, we anticipated for some time now, Graham and I actually uh, talking in 2020, we were discussing how we can um, mitigate this assay turnaround that we all saw in front of ourselves. So early in the year, in the first half of the year, we commissioned our own lab. Um, our lab is up and running. We've been testing it against a commercial lab here for almost four months, and, and we're now free of the testing, so we're in compliance. So we've reduced a lot of our immediate sampling from our plant and production samples that we're doing in-house now, freeing up some room in the lab, uh, the commercial lab, that allows us to send some more uh, exploration stuff. So putting in that assay lab was very critical for us and it's helped us significantly at getting turnaround time reduced obviously on our production stuff and also even to an extent on some of the exploration so um, that's helped us a lot this year with respect to people uh, look we're we're not we're not um, oblivious of it we 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 are suffering like others we're very fortunate that we've got a very strong team that have been very loyal. Um, we've changed a lot of this company. This company has gone from a company that had struggled two years ago to a gold producer with 80 million in cash that has a tremendous growth plan in front of itself with a very strong team led by Graham here and some strong GMs. So we've got a good following. But certainly we're feeling, no doubt, the pinch here on labor. Um, we, you know, we. I read it every day uh, on our peers, uh, the iron ores taking up people, um, we're competing with other companies. All we have to do is continue to demonstrate that we're a good company, we're, we pay our bills, uh, we've got a great growth story in front of ourselves, 
uh, and continue to treat our people well and and we'll overcome it um and again being here on the ground has helped me even witness exactly how challenging it is you know we we we've lost a couple people since i've been here but we've also attracted a couple really good ones so um we're certainly aware of it and putting in some some new systems into place right from the board actually in fact we just had a board meeting last week we're talking about things to mitigate what we can do to attract and retain people long term um things that we're going to be adopting here this year actually in 2021 so um we're we're facing it head on we've probably got uh, somewhere 60 to 100 people to hire in the next couple of years and our hr department is being bolstered and we're starting to look for them now so anyhow Hopefully that answers both your questions, Nicholas. Yep, that's great. Thank you. Your next question comes from John Skolnick, Desjardins. Please go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, if you do have a question, please press star followed by the one on your touchstone phone. There are no further questions at this time, so I'll turn the conference back over to Paul Hewitt for final remarks. Yeah, look, I just want to repeat what I said a little earlier. I, I'm, I just really want to thank all our shareholders, every one of them. Thank you for being there alongside us. We certainly have some exciting times in front of ourselves. Um, this multi-year plan is absolutely exciting with uh, $80 million of drilling in front of ourselves. Anything can happen here in this district. So thank you very much for all your support. Thank you to our team in Western Australia, our entire um, Corora team and our, our, our board of directors who are always supporting us. And have a great day and um, stay COVID free. Wishing you guys all the best. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.